One second. Good morning. It is always a joy to be with you. Um, that I'm so glad that it's a happy occasion that brings me here. So um, it's a double joy to be here with all of you. Today's word comes from Matthew 14. It's um, the story of Jesus walking on water. That's Matthew 14, 22 to 33. I invite you um, to follow along in, uh, with, with the physical Bible if that helps you. Otherwise, I invite you to just listen to the story. And before we dive in, uh, would you join me for a, a brief prayer? God, we believe you speak. We want to believe that you speak. So speak, God, now in this time through your word, the words of life, of comfort, of challenge, and of love to those whom you love. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord from Matthew 14, 22 to 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. To give credit where it's due, this sermon was inspired by an idea from uh, Scott Jose. He's a preaching professor at Calvin Seminary. Our passage finds the disciples in the midst of fear, in the middle of a lake, 
a considerable distance from land, says our text, in the middle of the night. And the shore was far away, and this lake was known to have furious winds and storms. And today was no different. The disciples' boat was tossed and turned by the waves, beaten and pounded on relentlessly. It was hard to tell which direction they were supposed to go anymore. There was no light, only darkness, and the boat had spun out of control. The non-fishermen, about half of the disciples, were a nasty shade of green. And Matthew, who was more used to counting money on solid ground, was banging his head on the wooden boards, sometimes because of the wind, and sometimes because he wanted it all to be over. I didn't sign up for this, he wailed. The other half were fishermen by trade, but even the most seasoned of them were this close to hurling. All of them were soaked and chilled to the bone with seawater and fear. One could perhaps hear them moaning here and there, why did Jesus ask us to come this way? Where is Jesus anyway? And suddenly a figure strolls through the sea. The disciples, if they were afraid before, are terrified now. And if the storm had suggested death, the figure before them confirmed it. Their cries grew louder into shrieks and howls to match the wind around them. Andrew was shouting, first a storm, now a ghost? The disciples had known many men to die in these waters. And perhaps one of the dead had come back to usher them to their end. They were terrified. This was a scene of fear. Not many of us have found ourselves in the same situation as the disciples, but we are certainly acquainted with fear. Fear feels like danger. Fear can come from pain. Fear is to see threat and feel it. And like the boat on the stormy lake, we feel fear when we are shoved around by cancer and arthritis. We feel fear when we are tossed and turned by the death of a loved one. And we feel fear when we lose our sense of direction. Maybe because of a job loss, a broken relationship, or maybe because we are aging and we are no longer in control of our money, our body, our own memory. Maybe the fear of loneliness or depression whistles by our ears like that relentless wind on that lake. I don't need to tell you 
where you can find fear. And just like the disciples in the midst of the storm, we too, many times in life, find that we are in a scene of fear. And in this scene of fear, we value naturally, we value bravery. We value actions that show an upper hand to fear. And perhaps that is why Peter walking on water has, has received so much attention throughout the history of the church. Peter is courageous enough, it seems, to get out of the boat. I was looking through some paintings that depicted this scene from the Bible, and one artist wrote about his painting. I decided to show Peter walking on water to Jesus since he's the only man in history to do so. And it's true. Um, Peter didn't make it all the way to Jesus, but he definitely did the impossible. Peter seems like a hero of faith. He shows us what is possible when we get out of the boat despite our fear. We can do great things like walking on water. They say courage is not an absence of fear, but what you do in spite of that fear. And Peter's steps on water, even if just a few, are a perfect example of that. I think we are able to say, we look at Peter and say, there is something to being brave enough to get out of the boat. I think we should be fascinated by Peter and wonder about what that means for us today. I think we should look on bravery and see that it is good and admirable. But the problem with making Peter our hero or our goal is that most of us are not Peter's. For most of us, I suspect, when we are in the middle of the lake, in the pitch black darkness, our first instinct is not to get out of the boat. Our first instinct is not to walk on water. For most of us, in a scene of fear, our instinct is to fall on the floor, hug our legs in front of us, and freeze. Not an action, not a posture of action, of boldness, of courage, but one of defeat and fear. We are not Peter's. We are the remaining 11 disciples in the boat. When we look solely to Peter as a model of faith, we start to measure ourselves. And surely when we begin to measure ourselves, we, when we measure our faith and our bravery, we will fail. Because none of us have the measure of faith that is big enough. None of us are great or perfect Christians. Not many of us have that faith that will get us walking on water. I think most of us, when we're put on the spot, are sure to shrug our shoulders and say, me? No, I, I really should have more faith. 
or point to someone else. I'm not a very good Christian, but Sally over there or James over there, they are such a man or woman of God. And we betray our sense of shame at not being like Peter. The figure that the disciples were so sure was a ghost was none other than Jesus. Jesus walks on the surface of this stormy lake, and he says, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. If Jesus could have a code word, this is it. It is I. You see, those were the same words that God had spoken to, Mo- to Moses when he revealed himself. It is I. The same words that God spoke through the prophet Isaiah when Israel was living in captivity to Babylon. It is I. In those three words, Jesus was letting his disciples know he's not just Jesus, the baby born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth. He's not just their teacher. He's also God. The same God that has been with his people throughout the Bible. It is this Jesus, the Son of God, who comes to his disciples, not just Peter on the water, but also the eleven in the boat. And he extends these words, take courage, it is I, it's me, don't be afraid, to all of them, even before Peter gets out of the boat even before anything else happens. Because in this scene of fear, what matters is not that Peter was brave, not that Matthew was maybe banging his head against the wood, not that Andrew was exasperated by this out of the fire into the frying pan moment, but that God is present. It wasn't about their reactions but the presence of God. Jesus himself was with them. It is I. It's me. This passage, if anything, shows us that the disciples' reactions to this storm were mixed. And so are ours, don't you think? When we find ourselves in a scene of fear, when we are caught in the storms of life, we find that we have varying amounts of faith. Some of us have personalities like Peter, who somehow in that moment stirs up incredible boldness and rashness to do unprecedented things. But there are some of us who stay in that boat. What matters is not that we have courage, not that we are brave, not that we have strong faith, but that Jesus, the Son of God, is present with us 
and comes to us. This passage is not just about Peter. It's also not just about the disciples in the boat. It's about Jesus who comes to them in the middle of a storm. It's about Jesus who can walk on water because he is God. Jesus who can calm the storms because he is God. And this Jesus is the one who is present with his disciples and he is present with us. Jesus comes to all of us, whether we are in the boat or outside of it. And faith will bring great things out of us, yes. But the thing is, God is not tied to our faith in a conditional way. The presence of God himself is with us outside of the boat and inside the boat. He is with you in the storm and after the storm. It is I it's me. Like Jesus to his disciples, Jesus is with you at times. As a very real presence, you know he's right there with you. And your heart is moved and convinced of that reality. But he's with you at other times too. He is with you when you are alone in a room. He is with you even when you cannot feel him. He is with you in the presence of a visiting friend who comes and doesn't say much, but being together is enough. He is with you in your brothers and sisters all around you who confess that Jesus is the Son of God. He is with us who is the church. He is with us during the storm and beyond the storm. It is I. It's me. You of little faith, we of little faith, let us take courage. Don't be afraid. Only because Jesus, the Son of God, is with us in the midst of the storm. Jesus, the Son of God, is with you as your physical strength fades away and in the aches and pains of your body. Jesus, the Son of God, is with you in the midst of loneliness and loss. Jesus, the Son of God, is with you in your everyday work and the challenges and difficulties that this life brings. He comes to you and he says, It is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus, the Son of God, is with you now and forevermore. Will you pray with me? God, we believe that you are with us. God, we want to believe that you are with us. 
So would you show us your presence in real ways, in encounters with you, but also in encounters with each other? Would you make yourself evident evident to us in our scenes of fear? We need you, giver of life, sustainer of hope and faith. In Christ's name I pray, amen.